You're listening to the Her Leadership Coach Podcast for the quietly determined career woman who's looking to step up into her first or next level leadership role. If you're looking to make a bigger, more positive difference in your organization, you've come to the right place. Well, hello, welcome in. It's Rochelle. On today's episode of Her Leadership Coach, we're going to be talking about shifting our mindsets so we stop the constant criticism and instead give ourselves a little bit of self-love. If this is your first time listening to Her Leadership Coach, or if it's been a while, you may not have heard I launched the Her Leadership Way Manifesto a couple of months back. It's a simple, printable guide that will help keep you focused on the three principles and nine nine mindset shifts that form the foundation for being a leader from the inside out. If you don't have your copy yet, you will find the link in today's show notes to download it immediately. Today, we're diving into the third and final supporting shift for the third and final manifesto principle, which is we give grace to ourselves and others. We are talking about the journey from self-criticism to self-love. Okay, so let's start by talking about self-criticism. You know, that little voice in your head that whispers, oh, you're not good enough. What do you think you're doing here? You're not smart. You're not successful yet. We all have it to varying degrees, but sometimes we might confuse self-criticism with other things like reality. So let's look at some signs that you're being self-critical. You might be constantly comparing yourself to others. Let's say you're scrolling through LinkedIn, you see a former colleague who just got promoted, and instead of being happy for her, you start thinking to yourself, well, why haven't I reached that same level of success? What's so great about her? Sound familiar? Uh, Yeah, unfortunately, I have definitely been there with this one. Uh, Not so much anymore, but this constant comparison that we get into, it can leave you feeling inadequate and frustrated. It doesn't affect them at all. We need to remember this. It gets in the way of allowing yourself to embrace your own achievements and growth because you're constantly thinking it's not good enough compared to other people. We need to remember everyone's journey is unique and comparing yourself to others is not a fair or productive way to measure your worth. It's all about ourselves. We don't need to look outwards to measure our worth. All right, next sign is you are focusing on your flaws instead of your strengths. So maybe you've just delivered this absolutely amazing presentation everyone's raving about it the boss has taken time out to specifically say well done but instead of saying oh yeah good job me you can't stop obsessing over that one slide where you noticed an accidentally misspelled word yes we tend to zero in on our imperfections and overlook our accomplishments even when people are telling us the opposite This habit, and it is a habit, prevents us from truly seeing and owning our talents and our potential, which ultimately means we're missing out on opportunities for growth, for learning, and, well, 
for self-love. By taking the time to acknowledge and celebrate our strengths and where we've done well, we empower ourselves to build confidence and then we are more effective leaders. This is one of the reasons I ask every week in the Women in Leadership Facebook group for people to think about where did you shine this week? And I encourage them to shout it out loud so we can celebrate with them. Look, no one is perfect, right? So there are going to be flaws in what we do. But embracing our imperfections is just a natural part of being human. Even that can help us become more compassionate towards others and especially ourselves. And that is definitely a win in my book. Then there is the obvious, I think, negative self-talk. It's probably the one we think of first when we think self-criticism. So if you're always thinking, I'm not smart enough or I'll never be successful, that is negative self-talk. Again, this is a habit that we can get into and it can erode our self-esteem and it kind of puts limits on our own potential. So for example, if you're given a challenging task at work and you convince yourself you'll fail, you're telling yourself over and over again, I'm not good enough for this. I'm, I'm not going to be able to do this. I'm not successful enough to be able to do this. Ultimately, that's going to impact your performance and your confidence in doing it. And unfortunately, sometimes that can become a self-fulfilling prophecy. So we definitely want to try and let that one go. Next clue is perfectionism. And this, I think, is a biggie. Now, look, it's one thing to strive for excellence. And even then, I don't do that most of the time. There are some things where, yes, I want to strive for excellence. But if you've never set aside with anything less than absolute perfection, you're setting yourself up for both disappointment because it's not attainable and probably burnout. There's a really fine line between pushing yourself to do better and driving yourself into the ground. As a leader, it's essential to recognize that progress is more important than perfection. One of my leadership mantras is done is better than perfect. I used to say that often, now it's just the way I work, but it reminded me it's better to have something out there that people can get value out of than it is to take weeks or sometimes even months longer just to make sure it's perfect first. So if that rings a bell for you, gives you a clue that maybe there's a little bit of self-criticism going on here. Uh, next clue is fear of failure. I, I get this, and yet it's holding us back. So if you've ever been paralyzed by the thought of making a mistake at work, and you have this fear that, I don't know, someone's going to laugh at you if you fail at something, or you're going to get fired if you fail at something, or just failing in general scares the bejesus out of you. Trust me, you are not alone. I see this so often at work. It's one of the things that we are um, really clear on helping people get comfortable with because the fear of failure prevents us from trying new things, prevents us from taking risks, big or small, prevents us from stepping out of our comfort zone at all. It feels safer not to try than to risk failing. But 
The thing is, failure is a natural part of our journey. In fact, it's through our total flops and setbacks that we learn the biggest lessons. By embracing the possibility of failure before you even start, in fact, understanding that failure is a key part of our journey, that helps us to become more courageous, more resilient, and more innovative leaders. You do not want to be the leader who says, but this is the way we've always done things. I just, I can't. (laughs) Okay, so self-criticism rears its head when we compare ourselves to others, focus on our flaws, engage in negative self-talk, strive for perfectionism, and fear failure. But why is that? Well, as is the case with many of the mindset shifts in the manifesto, self-criticism unfortunately tends to be more common in women than in men. Although, of course, men can be critical of themselves too. There are a few reasons for this difference and research has some interesting insights to offer on this. Firstly, there's some research conducted by Nolan Herxema, and I hope I'm pronouncing that right, and colleagues. They found that women are more likely to engage in rumination, which is this kind of repetitive negative pattern of thinking. Uh, And that can contribute to increased self-criticism because we're stuck in this overthinking process. And that overthinking is negative and tends to turn inward. This tendency to dwell in our thoughts and emotions can make it really difficult to break free from the cycle of self-critical thinking. Another piece of research by Cross and Madsen suggested that there are societal expectations and gender roles that women have um, grown up with, been raised with in in society, and they can play a significant role in shaping self-critical behaviors. We're often expected to be nurturing, selfless, and accommodating. But that can lead to feeling inadequate or guilty when we can't fulfill those expectations. The pressure to conform to these traditional gender roles can fuel self-criticism. Also, the opposite when we're trying for a leadership role, and this isn't part of this research, but it's just something that I I know to be true, is, is when we're trying to become a leader leaders are often expected to be uh, to have masculine traits right so uh, to be ambitious and competitive and um, win at all costs and when we don't naturally feel that way or we haven't been raised to act that way it can also lead to feeling inadequate ill guilty when we can't fulfill those expectations so we're kind of you know back to that double bind idea And then lastly, it kind of pivots off that one, is the concept of having it all. A successful career, a loving family, a picture-perfect personal Instagram life. But that's all an unrealistic expectation that we place upon women. I wrote an article on this the other week, which basically was about just because girls can do anything doesn't mean we have to do everything. This pressure of being everything to everyone, it leads to this constant sense of failure and this increased self-criticism when we 
inevitably fall short. We cannot do all of the things. And yet we don't realize that. And so we think it's us that's at fault, not the expectations on us. Unfortunately, or fortunately, this pressure does not get placed on men. They are not expected to do all of the things. They have the wife at home, right? Okay, so we've talked about how self-criticism might show up for you and why it affects women more than men. Now I want to give some good news. Yes, we have the power to change our mindset from self-criticism and that is where self-love comes in. So what are the benefits of practicing self-love? They probably sound obvious, but let's do a quick breakdown. When we practice self-love, we have improved mental health. We're less likely to suffer from anxiety, from depression, uh, and feel stress as a negative. We have greater confidence, so it allows us to embrace and see our strengths and abilities, which boosts our self-esteem. We have healthier relationships. When we love ourselves, we're better equipped to establish boundaries and maintain healthy connections with others. In fact, what is it that they say? You can't pour from an empty cup, right? By nurturing our own self-love and well-being, that gives us more emotional resources to invest in our relationships, which leads to stronger connections and more fulfilling interactions. Uh, it, it leads to better decision making. So self-love helps us trust our intuition. When we're constantly criticizing ourselves, we're breaking trust with ourselves. And so we don't look, we sort of look for help in decision making. Um, but self-love helps us get back to trusting that intuition and we know that we can make choices that will align with our values and our goals. And then finally, benefit of self-love is uh, better resilience. And I know resilience is a bit of a loaded word these days, but we still want resilience. And loving ourselves, it allows us to bounce back from setbacks and challenges far faster and with less damage in the long term. And I've definitely experienced that. And in fact, all of these benefit, benefits myself in my transformation from definitely constant self-criticism to finally loving myself. So are you convinced yet that this is a good shift? I really hope so because it's time for action. Now, I'm going to take you through one small but powerful process so you can start to practice self-love as a strategic tool because you can definitely use self-love to your advantage in your career. By treating yourself with kindness and understanding during those difficult moments, it gives you this ability to maintain a clear and rational perspective on what is going on around you without reacting to it. And we've spoken about reacting versus responding in a past episode, and it allows you to make better decisions. All right, so here are some concrete steps to follow, and you might want to pause the episode here and grab a pen and paper if you like such a thing, or use your phone so you can take some notes on your phone if you're digital, because these steps take time and practice to help it become a habit, help them become a habit. All right, so step one is to acknowledge your feelings. 
when you're facing a tough situation at work where normally you are self-critical, it's essential to first recognize and then validate your emotions. And while this may sound simple, it actually takes a lot of practice. But give yourself permission to feel whatever it is you're experiencing, whether it's frustration, disappointment, anxiety, even anger. We need to remember as women, it's okay to feel these emotions, even as leaders at work. They are a natural part of being human. All right, step two is once you've recognized your emotions and allowed yourself to, uh, to feel them, then we want to practice mindfulness. So we want to pause and we want to just breathe deeply into the feelings Focus on your breath and allow yourself to be present in the moment. When you do that, it helps you regain your composure and you get to approach the situation with a clearer, calmer mind. Next step is remind yourself of your strengths. When that self-doubt starts to creep in, I want you to make a conscious effort to remember all of the things you have accomplished and the qualities that make you a real asset to your team and your organization. And if need be, you need to start your own little bank of people saying good job or things that you accomplished that you did really well. Start keeping notes or um, I have a folder in my email in my inbox that I move all of the uh, positive feedback from from leaders or teammates or uh, customers and I pop it in there and so that gives me a place to go back to when I need to remind myself of my strengths. Doing this can help you regain confidence that might be temporarily lost depending on what's going on uh, and combat that tendency to focus solely on what you perceive as your weaknesses, as your um, failings. All right, next step is now it's time to reframe your inner dialogue. As you look at these challenges and you're inside of them, it's time to shift your self-talk from critical to compassionate. So instead of saying, oh, I can't believe I messed up that presentation, I'm such a failure, you might want to try, you know what, it's okay that that presentation didn't go as planned. I'm still learning and growing and I can do better next time. That kind of shift will be okay for your brain. When you're practiced at this, you can even take it a step further and, and rather than just saying, oh, it didn't go as planned, you can say, oh, there was a blip there, but man, that rocked that presentation. People got so much out of that. I'm so excited, right? So baby steps though. You don't have to go straight to that reframe if it doesn't feel true for you. Final step in this one is ask for help. So don't be afraid to reach out to your colleagues that, you know, your besties at work or uh, even just supportive colleagues or your mentor or friends that aren't even at work when you need guidance or encouragement. We need to remember we are not in this alone. No one has all the answers and we need to start seeing seeking help as a sign of strength and not a sign of weakness. And that's it. By consistently using these steps, 
you're going to be better able to navigate those unavoidable ups and downs of your career. The time when you didn't get the job, the time when you stuffed up the presentation, the time when you snapped at someone and they snapped back at you. And ultimately, you're going to become a stronger, more resilient leader. So remember, lovely listener, self-love is a journey. It is not a destination. So I want you to embrace the process and understand that you are truly worthy of love and of success. So go on, give yourself a little grace. You deserve it. Thanks for joining me this week. If you want to continue the conversation about shifting from self-criticism to self-love or being a leader from the inside out, come and join us in the Women in Leadership Facebook group. You'll find the link to the group in the show notes as well as the link to the manifesto. I also want to let you know that some of this podcast was created with the assistance of ChatGPT, which is an artificial intelligence language model. The ideas, examples, and language are still all mine. However, I do occasionally ask my new little helper to reword something for me or provide some research that I can go and find a deeper level at. It saves me time, which is of course invaluable for me as a busy entrepreneur, career woman, mum, wife, all of the things. If you got value out of this episode, I would love it if you could share it with others. And of course, if you've been listening to podcasts for any amount of time, you will know that rating the show and leaving a review helps others find the show. And that's why I do the podcast. I want to help as many people as possible. So I would really appreciate it if you take the time to do that. Until next week, continue to lead the way her way.